Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Uh, Thursday, May the 11th, Ian Cameron uh, with you. And we are joined once again by another uh, guest joining us on the show. We've had a bunch of good guests lately, and we've got uh, Pat. Let me, I don't want to screw this up. Gillis, did I get it right? You got it. You got it. I almost said Giles. <laughs> I almost said Giles, but I'm like, wait a minute. He's got two L's in there. I don't yeah. think it's Giles. All Thank right, you. we got it right. Nailed See, it. I didn't ask you when we were talking before the show started how to pronounce that. I was going to say, I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants, and I'm going to see if I can fucking nail it on my own. Nailed it. I did. Good stuff. Pat Gillis joining us here on the Thursday edition of the Ice Guys, former hockey player. And uh, welcome to the show, Pat. Good to have you with us. Uh, tell us about the Pat Gillis uh, hockey life, if you will. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. So. You know, I'm living in Madison, Wisconsin, big college community. You know, the Badgers fed a lot of pros, so that's always fun growing up in this area. You know, I played college at St. Olaf in Minnesota, uh, kind of moved back here and coaching a lot of uh, in the summer program, ex-NHL guys, current NHL guys, and, and leading my son's youth hockey team as well. Good stuff. And uh, you're still... um. How many years did you play? What what position did you play, by the way, at St. Olaf? Yeah, I was center. I played four years. Um, true freshman, played center position, you know, kind of forward and defense all around and relied on my legs, I would say, the most. So There you go. And that's especially this day and age in the NHL, the ability to skate uh, with well, not only with speed, with precision, uh, and obviously play a 200 foot game is just so important these days. You can't just be one dimensional. Uh, you definitely have to have that strong skating stride, that strong skating ability. Uh, no question about that. And you're still coaching hockey and coaching the youth these days as well, right? You got it. And it's amazing the difference when I was growing up to, to what it is now. The You know, all these kids have personal trainers and dietitians and massage therapists and, you know, they're on the ice twice a day. It's, it's a, it's a different ball game out there for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And uh, again, you're running a local gym as well right now in uh, Madison, uh, Wisconsin. Before we even get into the NHL stuff, uh, Pat, we do have to mention, you, you know, you're, we talked before, you're in the state of Wisconsin. You're a Green Bay Packers fan. Is Aaron Rodgers now public enemy number one? Is that, uh, is that you know, beautiful honeymoon type relationship with him over now that he's with the New York Jets? You know, if you're a Packer fan, absolutely. I mean, he chose he chose the other pretty girl, right? So now, uh, now he's he's out. He's public enemy number one, and you know we have high hopes for Jordan Love, but I think there's going to be a little grace period to see, uh, you know, how it goes. But yeah, the drama, the whole shenanigans, it it, it was it's good to get out of there. Yeah, it's it's time it's time for a change, right? I think he was ready to move on. Packers were ready to move on. I think it was an amicable amicable split uh, between the two sides. And uh, of course, now Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. It was just announced, by the way, today, it's NFL schedule release day that the uh, New York Jets are opening up on Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, an AFC East division battle, Monday Night Football to get the season started. So uh, welcome to uh, New York, Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be in the spotlight right off the hop, a primetime yeah. game against probably the team to beat in the division uh, once again. A- 9-11 game, right? Go Buffalo. Yep. So. Yeah, it is. It's going to be uh, uh, definitely a great uh, great way to kick off the uh, NFL season for sure. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, Pat. Let's get into it. Uh, first, um, just overall thoughts uh, from the first round, if you have anything. Obviously, Boston was the huge upset. But uh, what, have, what are your uh, observations and what are your strongest, I guess, uh, observations and thoughts and opinions on what we've seen so far? Yeah, like – I mean, one thing is the goal scoring. So these big swings, and I think we touched on this a little bit, but it's, you know, it seems like the team that is going to dominate her one night comes out flat the other night. And home ice means nothing. So almost almost that away team seems a little more hungry, a little more driven, and almost better odds to get it done. It's been, it's been fun to watch, though. For sure, some, some good storylines there. 
Yeah, there, there have been definitely some uh, incredible storylines. The, the, only the defending Stanley Cup champions getting knocked out in the first round. Only one of the all-time great regular seasons in NHL history the, from the Boston Bruins getting knocked out in the first round as well. So, you know, there have been some just remarkable stories here so far uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, let's chat about uh, t- uh, last night's games uh, that we saw uh, in the uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, we had two games last night. We begin in Florida. And the Toronto Maple Leafs just um, they just dragged their fan base right back into the mix. Uh, <laughs> even when, every single time the Leaf fans say, "Hey, it's look at this, we're going to be gone in four, four maybe or get swept," and now the Leafs just dangling that little ray of hope out yeah. there uh, for their fans, their long-suffering fans. And, and Toronto uh, at least avoids the sweep. The brooms get put away. Uh, they don't come out in Florida last night, and Toronto with the uh, two-to-one win. Pat, the difference to me in this game was very simple. There were no passengers last night. Not a single fucking leaf on the ice last night was a passenger. Everybody was locked in from the opening face-off. And I've been ranting and raving uh, on this show for the last several shows when it comes to the Leafs, talking about the lack of battle level, hard on pucks. You know, to win battles in the playoffs, you have to be hard on your stick. You have to just be wanting to outwork the guy that you're battling with along the boards, along the wall for a loose puck. That's the teams. Those are the players that win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Toronto, you know, wasn't doing a good enough job of that. You know, they're losing like Kachuk and Verhage and Barkov. You know, they're winning all these puck battles. Toronto wasn't. Last night it was different. I saw the core four, especially Matthews and Marner in particular. They were more physical. They were throwing their weight around. I think. Last night was the most hits Mitch Marner's had in a game all season. And I think Matthews, too, one of his uh, leading uh, number of hits for the entire season as well. Everybody was on board. Everyone just played a harder, more tenacious, you know, more of a will-to-win style of hockey, which you need in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they played an airtight defensive game. And Joe Wall, uh, the kid out of Missouri, uh, had a very solid game. When he had to make the big saves, he did. He was there for his team, and they helped him out quite a bit. I thought their defensive game was spectacular, and they controlled the game most of the way. The only complaint is they probably should have won that game 5-1 because they had a bunch of chances. Tavares had a breakaway. Bobrovsky did everything he could to hold Florida in it. They've still got to do a little bit of a better job, you know, finishing with their high-level chances. You know, they still left some goals on the table there, the Leafs, last night, not burying some of the great, incredible chances they had. But at the end of the day, they played the right way. They finally showed a level of desperation and urgency that you need to in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially with your backs against the wall. I wish we had seen it game three. I'm sure the Leaf fans do as well, but they at least showed it last night uh, to avoid the sweep, and now they at least get that series back to uh, uh, Toronto for game five uh, on Friday night. Yeah, the second goal was a little bit of a break for the Leafs, the, uh, two, uh, the, or the first goal, I should say, that opened the scoring. It ricocheted off the referee, uh, John McIsaac in the corner, right off his knee, uh, essentially, and it bounced right in front to William Nylander. And, of course, Bobrovsky's not set uh, at that point. Nylander was able to finish it with the backhand uh, for the first Leaf goal. And then the second goal was one of those classic playoff goals, shot from the point. Mitch Marner threw traffic. Bobrovsky couldn't see it because the Leafs did a good job taking his eyes away, and, and that made it 2 to nothing for Toronto. Again, two goals that were, you know, the first one a little lucky, but the second goal was a playoff goal. You got to get traffic in front of the net, bodies in front of the net. You got to go to the tough areas of the ice to score, and they did that. So credit to Toronto. And now we'll see what happens game five. It would be so Leafs, Pat, to turn around and lose 5-1 in game five on on home ice and go to 1-5 and at home in the playoffs because the Leafs have not played well uh, at home here in the playoffs. They're just 1-4 and on home ice uh, here in the playoffs. It would be so Leafs to see their season end at home. But uh, I'll tell you what, if they actually do win game five and it gets back to Florida for game six, then the momentum shifts and then the doubt maybe starts to creep in a little bit more for the Florida Panthers. So game five is an important one. Pat, what did you think of that one last night as the Leafs win game four? Yeah, you know, like like you said, I think having that rookie goalie and the whole team ra- rally around that. So you could see they changed things up. For check, they had a little more lockdown. People bought into their positions, but everyone played everywhere on the ice. So it wasn't just the goal scorers trying to score. Like you said, Marner's throwing his body around. Same with Matthews. I think 
that's what it's going to take. And uh, when they know they have a goalie that's a little shaky, they got to rally around that to give them some confidence and maybe win those one-on-one battles a little harder. And uh, it showed. So I'm a little tentative to say that uh, heading home, it's going to be another W just because the Leafs track record. But, you know, I'm optimistic that uh, they'll build on what they just did. Yes, and that's all you can hope for. And look, when it comes to the Leafs as well, that home ice environment has to, they've got to help the team. The team has to give the fans a reason to cheer Friday night in game five, but the fans have to be ready to make noise right from the beginning. And that's not always the case in Toronto, Pat. I've said this on this show for years. The Leaf fan, the crowd environment at Scotiabank Arena, as it's now called, it's a wine and cheese crowd. You know, it really is. It's it, There's a lot of suits, a lot of the richer CEO, company executive types go to the Leaf games, especially during the season in their suits. And they don't make noise. Some of them don't even fucking pay attention to the game. They're chatting about business. I've been to Leaf games there, Pat. I'm sitting. There's two guys that were d- down there in front of me. They're in their suits. You know, they're talking business the whole time. And they're not even watching the game. They're just looking at each other, just talking shop. Like, why the hell do you come to a hockey game, guys? You're not even watching what's going on. You're not even reacting to anything that's going on. If you're going to do that, keep your ass home. What, you just buy a ticket so you can show off in your big fancy suits and your big money and flaunt and all that shit? Like, stay home. I don't want you in the building. If that's the kind of fan that we're attracting into this building, keep them out as far as I'm concerned. Paying two grand for a ticket, too. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, get get your hands there. It's not like Green Bay – Packer game I'll tell you that much you know people buy a ticket and it's like the one thing they do a year you know what I mean so they spend yeah. everything they come no shirt on in the dead of winter face paint whatever they, they sacrifice it so I it would be nice to see the fans kind of get up for that in Toronto no that's definitely not the crowd that Toronto's getting uh, there's no question about that and it's it's a shame and that's why it's such a, a quiet silent environment like uh, Toronto should be one of the loudest buildings in the NHL just because of the prestige of the franchise, the tradition of it, how how passionate the hardcore Leaf fans are, but none of them can get in the building. The tickets are very expensive, especially in playoff time. Uh, and it's, you know, it's the it's the corporate types that litter the building and just don't make noise. And like I said, I've been to Leaf games where they're not even watching the game, these people. Yeah. Like, and it just boggles the mind that they're there uh, and uh, t- buying tickets and they're not there to watch. The, what what they're what they're supposed to be there for uh it's uh pretty crazy indeed what do you make of florida pat this uh florida team do you are you do you feel the same way as i do where that's just they're relentless they're like a dog on the bone when it comes to going after loose pucks now last night toronto finally matched them in yep. that department but florida's been just tenacious on the forecheck i love paul maurice yeah he had another classic press conference last night where he's like hey we lost a game it happens you know, it's, I think we come back and we play Friday night. He said, yeah, not, we, yeah. we play another, we, I think we have another game. He says Friday night. And then he's like, it's like trying to calm down the reporters. And he's like, calm down, oh my gosh, for fuck's sakes, it's going to be okay, guys. You know, <laughs> he's just trying to say, Hey, it's not the end of the world that we didn't finish this series in four games. But then yeah. I remember Florida season turning for the better when it was actually a game in Toronto during the regular season, he snapped, he lost yeah. it uh, on the bench and he called them your fucking bitches. Uh, and he just just ripped their effort and their performance in that game. And really from that night, that's when they made that tear down the stretch. They made that run late regular season to get into the playoffs. Alex Lyon was their goalie uh, late in the season. He played extremely well. Uh, and that Paul Maurice just, just tearing a strip off his team in public on the bench in the second period of that Leaf game in the regular season, that got Florida going, and they haven't looked back since. Bunch of hungry, hungry dogs, right? There's something to prove. Every one of them seems like they kind of got cast aside and gathered in Florida and got a little, you know, confidence going with believing in each other, giving a chance, and and the chance they took it. And and they're the hot team right now, right? They're the gritty team. Kachuk is, I tell you what, that the pedigree of the playoff experience is unbelievable. And uh, and the goalie, world class goalie. When you get a hot goalie in this sport, it's it's tough. You got to get lucky bounces or, you know, screen in front. That's the way it's going to get done. Um, and that obviously showed last game. But but Florida's a tough team. It's a tough physical team that no one wants to play against, right? They don't. And uh, look, and they're playing the right way now. Paul Maurice wanted this to be more of a harder forecheck team, a heavier team, more of a cycle team. If you remember last year when they were President's Trophy winners, they were a regular season team. 
fly up and down the ice, incredible speed, incredible goal scoring ability and offensive outburst. And they still have the offense too, but man, they play way more of a complete game now. Paul Maurice was dogged and determined all year to get them to play this way. And early in the season, they had a hard time adjusting. They're basically going from a rush chance team, you know, and a transition team to more of a heavier four check cycle, the puck sustained possession in the offensive zone type of team, completely different from the way they played last year. And I think they struggled with it early on, but then late in the season, they they caught fire. They started and and plus goalie Bob. Let's be honest, goalie Bob Sergei Bobrovsky, yeah. uh, he has found his Vesna form or close to it uh, here in the playoffs. I don't know where it went. Where was it last year? Where was it two years ago? Where was it early this season when he's been up and down? He'd have one good game and he'd give up five or six the next game and get pulled. That's been Bobrovsky's career really the last couple of years. And all of a sudden he's found that Vesna form and he's been consistent game in and game out. He is the reason that was a one goal game last night. Toronto was definitely the better team, but that game was still close right to the end because of Sergei Bobrovsky. I think Pat, his turnaround, uh, it's been a big part of it. And it's, it's pretty surprising because I thought, I don't think he's ever going to get back to that Vesna form Bobrovsky because we've just seen it for years now up one game down the next, but man, He's found it again at the right time. Yeah, it's all a game of confidence, right? And and goalies, if they get hot, it's it's not much you can do at times. So, uh, but no, he's he's found a way to whether it, he lost it and it's back or just ebbed and flowed. But he's the real deal right now. <laughs> yeah, he is, and uh, again, a big reason why Florida beat Boston, especially late in the series. He got better there. Uh, and here in the Toronto series, he's been uh, really good as well. Uh, next, the other game last night, uh, Vegas and Edmonton. Uh, we were talking before the uh, show started with uh, Pat and I that um, this has been just a bet the team off a loss series. It's been crazy where game one was the only close game. Vegas won it. But then Edmonton just power play, just did a tap dance on Vegas in the first period. They had that beautiful Connor McDavid shorthanded breakaway goal, too. That was a thing of beauty to go up 3 nothing. Uh, it was all Edmonton. And then Vegas com- comes back in game three in Edmonton, and they win 5-1, the same score Edmonton won in game two in Vegas, 5-1. to one. So this has been a great series. It's been Edmonton's second. I was on Edmonton in game two, especially early, first period. I took Vegas first period and, and the money line full game uh, in game three. Last night, my best bet for the uh, Ice Guys show yesterday was Edmonton first period puck line, minus a half at plus 135. So Edmonton basically to win the first period, they were up three to nothing. And again, it was back in that, it was that bounce back theory where these are two very good teams. The team that just won the last game, uh, we talked about this, uh, you know, not really the, the meticulous preparation and adjustments. It's not there when you have a nice, comfortable five, one lead, you think, Oh, what a huge win. We can just, you know, try to roll back what we did the previous game, not do too much to change things. Meanwhile, the team that just got their ass beat, five to one. Do you know what they're doing? They're working X overtime, you know, looking at the film, what can we do better? What adjustments can we make? The coach is looking to make line changes. Uh, They realize, Hey, we didn't start the game well. And they just are ready and locked in from the opening puck drop. We've seen it repeatedly in this series. We saw it from Edmonton in game two, after they lost game one, we saw it from Vegas in game three, after they lost game two. And we saw it last night from Edmonton in game four, after they lost game three. It's just been that kind of series. These are two really good teams, two teams that have always been good responding this year after a bad game, and that's why this series is 2-2 going back to uh, Vegas for Game 5. You know what's encouraging, Pat, for Edmonton? The power play didn't dominate last night for a change. The 5-on-5 even strength play was better from them, and I've said this all playoffs, that a lot of times Edmonton relies on the power play too much. It's an all-time great power play. It is one of the best single-season power plays I've seen in my 30 years, probably, of watching hockey. You know, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years. I can't believe it, quite honestly. But, you know, I am, uh, I've am i watched hockey for 30 years, and I don't know if I've seen a power play for one season on one team be better than this, what Edmonton's rolling out there with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And now this unbelievable weapon that they have discovered in Evan Bouchard on the blue line since – and remember, Pat, Tyson Berry got traded to Nashville at the blue at the trade deadline. That opened up a spot for Evan Bouchard to take over the number one power play unit, to quarterback it, to run it, and get more ice time, become that number one offensive defenseman for Edmonton. Man, is he taking advantage of it. He looks fucking terrific 
as far as the shot, the movement of the puck on the blue line, getting the rush started uh, on the man advantage. He's been absolutely spectacular. He's ready for this role, and he has thrived. I think he's got 15 points in 10 playoff games uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, and he's a blue liner. Uh, just incredible stuff. And what's even better is that they won that game last night, and Leon Dreisaitl didn't do much. No point. Well, one assist. He got an assist on the uh, Bouchard goal, I believe it was, and no, and only one shot on goal. You know, and they still won that game, and that's good. I like to see that. I don't want to always have to see. Oh, Dreisaitl and McDavid have to carry Edmonton every night. Last night, Bouchard scores on the power play. They get a goal. They finally get Ryan Nugent Hopkins scoring his first playoff goal. This is a guy that had 100 points in the regular season, had not scored in the playoffs until last night. Nick Bukestad, you know, who they got from Arizona at the trade deadline, a great two-way center for the uh, Oilers and was good in Arizona. Give them a little bit more depth, win big face-offs, play in all situations. He gets them started last night with the first goal. So the depth forwards, which, look, we had some questions. Where are they so far in this Vegas series? They showed up last night. And if that can continue for Edmonton moving forward, where they don't have to rely on the power play constantly, they get the depth forward stepping up, I think they're going to win this series, quite honestly, uh, against Vegas, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Pat, what did you think of that game last night, Edmonton tying up that series? Yeah, I mean, I think like you you said, nail on the head, you lose big one night, you put the head down, put the lunch pail, pack it up and let's, let's find a way to work harder and get it done the next day. And there's some complacency maybe with that other team. So uh, it shows and, and Edmonton on paper is I think one of the best teams in the NHL with the talent they have. So um, if they can find a way to string a few together, I think they will get the series done. Um, they're just too talented not to. And then if you get some of those guys and, and, uh, Get them, get them going with with the superstars. Good things are going to happen. Uh, did you see that slash on? Um, well, I was going to save that for the second part of this uh, recap of this game, but uh, we'll go there now. And yeah. uh, it was it was shocking to me. And uh, obviously, it was the big story coming out of that game, uh, other than Edmonton winning and tying up the series. And things got heated at the end. Like there was a line brawl. Now look, Evander Kane is not absolved of blame on the Edmonton side. He was a fucking shit disturber like you couldn't fucking believe last night. And in this series, he's been that way. He has been a pest. He's been an irritant. He's, you know, jabbed the goalie, you know, know, came up high with a bit of a cross check on Petrangelo uh, in game three uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, He's been a, you know, a shit disturber too. And he's stirred the pot a little bit. Uh, But none of that compares to what we saw of, of all people, Alex Petrangelo. And look, this guy is a great defenseman. He's had a great career. Stanley Cup champion. I'd have him on my team, Pat, any day, uh, this guy. He's that good on the back end uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, power play, penalty kill, five on five. Good in terms of offensive contributions, has a decent shot, good in his own end, can lay the body on you sometimes as well, plays a physical brand of hockey. Uh, I I think he's had a terrific career. And, And for the most part, he's been gentlemanly, sportsmanship, you know, not, not really going over the edge, not really having a bad incident on the ice. But last night changed that. That was a bad incident. Yeah. That was awful from Alex Petrangelo. That was a two-hand baseball bat type chop right over the wrist, arm area, hands area of Leon Dreisaitl. Late in that game, just trying to score into the empty net. Uh, can't do that. Uh, you know, he fucked up royally. He did. Yeah. And this is a guy that's not used to – I've never seen him really have a, an incident like that where he was just out of line. He did something where he crossed the line. Last night he did, and I applaud McDavid. We know McDavid's not supposed to fight. McDavid's not supposed to drop his gloves. It's not that uh, you don't want him to. You want him to show that passion, but you worry that if he gets in a fight, you know, he breaks his hand, breaks his arm, breaks his wrist or something, and he's out, and he can't help you, and he's just too important to the team. But he was willing to go after Petrangelo right after he laid that vicious two-hand chop and slash on Leon Dreisaitl, and I give him credit for that. Uh, I got a whole new different level of respect for Connor McDavid after what I saw last night going after Petrangelo like that. He's like, that's my right-hand man. That's Leon Dreisaitl. Don't you put a fucking hand on him. Don't you do that. And he didn't like it. He went after him, uh, and I applaud McDavid for that. And then, of course, we got the uh, Kane and uh, the Hague fight right after that was a hell of a tilt. Back and forth, they were just throwing bombs. Uh, it was fun to watch. But the temperature has risen, 
Make no mistake about it in that Vegas-Edmonton series. Uh, they're having a hearing uh, with the Department of Player Safety with Petrangelo today. I expect him to get a game or two. He will get suspended, in my opinion. He'll get something, probably one game or two-game suspension. I was just shocked, Pat, that Alex Petrangelo was the guy that did that. He's been exemplary. He's, he's been like Lady Bing type of you know, class on the ice, sportsmanship, right. all that. I never would have thought he would be someone to do something like that. But sometimes that mind you just – and, you know, I don't know if it ever got to that level when you played, but, you know, sometimes there's just something – someone that's under your skin a lot and you know he's the best player or one of the best players on that Edmonton team. He's torched you early in the series and you just snap and you got an opportunity to really give him one. And he just did it in the wrong way. You just cannot swing that stick and slash him like yeah. that. And I think Petrangelo is going to pay the price for it in terms of some kind of suspension. Yeah, intent to injure like that, you, you don't want to see that in the game, right? I mean, there is the physical mentality. We, we know what comes with this game. But, you know, there's got to be a certain level of respect no matter where you go in your head and what you do, how mad you get. You, can't, you don't want to injure some guy ever, right? So I, I do like to see McDavid stepping in. And, and then I think the fighter is going to have to regulate that game a little more next next game. and and make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. I think because it was just that it was that vicious that when Petrangelo returns from his suspension, assuming it's in this series, because if he gets a game, then he's definitely going to play game six and there will be a game six. If he gets two games, he may not see the rest of this series because it could end in game six because it's two, two right now. There could be one of these two teams that wins the next two games straight. Uh, Although I do think it's probably going seven. Uh, and in that case, I think he would play. But would someone challenge Petrangelo to a fight? You know, it's we've seen this a bunch, right? You commit a heinous act uh, on the ice against, uh, especially one of the best players on the team. In this case, Leon Dreisaitl. Oftentimes, someone on that Oilers team will say to Petrangelo right before puck drop or before the game, "Hey, we're going, or you know, we're taking care of this right now, and you got to pay your comeuppance." It's like paying your comeuppance kind of yeah. thing where it's like you commit something like that you got to drop the gloves and, and and pay for the crime essentially yeah it's done i mean it's the how they police the league the players that's that's the underwritten rule that yeah. the hockey guys know so yeah pay the piper right i mean if he's back he's he's gonna get something obviously the most important thing is win it now win the next two games and it's over but that's just kind of gravy on top i guess that's a good point. A great pa- uh, John Massey's one of our favorites here. I got to put this uh, comment on the screen. Save it for the regular season. Talking about the potential fight that uh, someone goes after Petrangelo. Can't risk it in Game Seven. Yeah. You know, there's some truth to that, no doubt, because that 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 would be obviously a game with your uh, season on the line. Maybe you don't go uh, above and beyond trying to get retribution. Maybe next year, park it when you play Vegas in the regular season, like in October or November next year it's just another night right just another regular (laughs) season game then you can go after petrangelo's head you know and try to get retribution for it i want to ask you pat about this uh, as you played and coached the game this power play for edmonton specifically is this one of the best you've ever seen or the best you've ever seen i don't yeah i mean how do you stop it you know everyone's so good with the puck they seem to the way they move it they get in the right positions but who do you who do you focus on (laughs) i mean everyone they all can do it, and and when that's the case, it's kind of like rely on the goalie. He's got to bail you out, get in the right positions, you know, fight like dogs. But uh, it, this is this is a different level, right? Uh, you know, I remember back in the day. I think Colorado had that all-star uh, lineup, right? Solani and Korea and all those. I mean, that was unbelievable. But this is this is right up there with the best I think I've ever seen. No, there's no doubt. It's uh, it's impressive. It's really impressive to uh, watch this uh, power play uh, operate. There were some great Pittsburgh power plays in the early days, of course, of Crosby uh, and Malkin. Toronto, even just last couple of years, has had some pretty good power plays. Uh, be right. Uh, there's some power plays even in the 90s uh, as well. The 80s at Oilers power plays, of course, with Gretzky. But I don't think that that's the amazing part is that I think statistically this year's Edmonton power play has outperformed even those 80s Oilers power plays. And that's saying something when you're talking about, you know, one of the greatest offensive teams and dynasties, you know, as well in uh, NHL history. Uh, Boston with Bobby Orr, if you want to go way back into the 70s, because I'm a historian. I love the history of the game and uh, watching old classic games from the 70s, which I do 
uh, on occasion. So uh, definitely you could say that there's they're up there too as one of the great power plays. But uh, this has been an entertaining series. I love that we're seeing some animosity now develop, and it's down to a best of three, 2-2 two, two with the Golden Knights and the uh, Oilers. Again, though, that's a positive for Edmonton that they won last night. The power play wasn't the sole reason for it. Their five-on-five five game was better. And Stuart Skinner for the Edmonton Oilers, he was a lot better in net as well. He's been a good bounce-back goalie throughout his career as well. All right, we have some handicapping to do in a few minutes. We've got two games tonight uh, taking place, New Jersey, Carolina, Seattle, Dallas. Uh, we will discuss and preview both of those games in just a moment. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back to talk about the two Thursday night games tonight in just a moment, right after we hear from our great sponsors, Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, it's time to talk Thursday night uh, game fives in both uh, series tonight. Uh, let's go to Carolina, Kakalaki, Raleigh is the site, New Jersey Devils, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Carolina looking to finish off the Devils tonight, leading this series three games to one. Uh, Carolina minus 130, home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. As my colleague Alex uh, said yesterday on the show, uh, remember Carolina was in this spot in the first round. They were up three to one, going home for game five against the New York Islanders. They did not finish the job uh, in game five. The New York Islanders won. Uh, in Raleigh uh, in that uh, series and got the series back to game six when Carolina did finish the series uh, at UBS arena. So yeah, it does feel like Carolina's got all the momentum, but we've said it all week long. Momentum has not been carrying over from one game to the next in, in many of these series. The question you have to ask yourself is does New Jersey have the defensive ability and can they get timely saves from their goaltenders? I think, Pat, that's a legit question right now because where does Lindy Ruff go with extreme confidence right now as far as who he starts tonight? Because he went to Akira Schmid after game two of the Rangers series because Vitek Vanacek had struggled so much, and Schmid played great most of that Rangers series, and they got through New York, but he struggled early in this series, the first couple of games in Carolina. Goes back to Vitek Vanacek, who... Okay, he was all right in game three, but he didn't have to be great because they scored eight goals for him. You know, he got the quote-unquote run support, you know, to steal a baseball term. And then back in game four, the Devils' blue line was horrendous in that game. Let's be let's be completely honest there that it's not all on Banachek, but he again didn't play great. Uh, but the team didn't play well in front of him either. But you'd still like to see Banachek, I think, on a couple of those goals Carolina got in that 6-1 to one win. Uh, make those saves. So if you're in a tough spot, if you're Lindy Ruff, Vanacek's playing with very little confidence. Akira Schmidt has not been as good as he was in the Rangers series. Does he still have uh, extreme confidence to play at a high level? And your other options, Mackenzie Blackwood, who, as I've said for years, is usually either injured or when he comes in, he's mediocre at best. He's just not consistent one game to the next. So it's a tough spot to be in for uh, New Jersey going into this must win game facing elimination. And, then you look at Carolina, Pat, and you would think this team, and I thought so too, with no Svechnikov, Pacioretty was lost for the season, Tara Vinen uh, ends up getting injured uh, as well, that uh, all of a sudden it's going to be a more of a challenge for them offensively. You know, after Sebastian Ajo and after Martin Natchez and after Seth Jarvis, you know, there's a drop-off a little bit. Well, that's gone completely out the damn window now because they're getting all kinds of different contributions now, Carolina, in this series. You Sperry Kotkaniemi 
has stepped up for them. Stefan Nason has stepped up for them. Jesper Faust, and the biggest one of all is Jordan Martinuk. This is incredible what this guy is doing right now for the Carolina Hurricanes because, you know, an afterthought essentially coming into the uh, playoffs, just, a, you know, a guy that had 13 goals and 21 assists uh, in the uh, regular season. That's not bad, but you do not expect him to be putting up the numbers he has put up, especially in this New Jersey series. It's funny that, Pat, in the Islanders series, I'm looking at his uh, uh, box score numbers and his, and his statistical game-by-game uh, -game, game log here. He didn't have a point in the first round against the New York Islanders, Jordan Martinuk. And wow. here in four games against New Jersey, the guy has nine points. Yeah. Nine points for the Carolina Hurricanes in four games in this series against New Jersey. Nine points and three goals for the uh, New Jer for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's just been absolutely sensational. So that's probably my favorite prop tonight uh, in this game from a player prop standpoint. Uh, I have no problems betting uh, a player that's got nine points and three goals in four games in this playoff series uh, in terms of finding the uh, offense once again here tonight for Carolina. And once again, the price for Jordan Martin, new player props tonight, is outstanding. Uh, to get a goal plus 350, to get a point plus 112, that is mind-boggling. That is not supposed to happen. And, Pat, it goes to what I said to you before. There's no adjustments, especially in hockey. Money line in terms of sides, totals, there's no adjustments. Prop prices, there's no adjustments. Nobody pays attention. Odds makers don't pay attention to Jordan Martinuk and what he's doing right now. A guy that has nine points in four games in this series should not be plus 112 the price for him to get a point tonight. Right. That is just like he's plus money to get a point tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So it, it's absolutely a must to take it right now. Like he just has not been stopped at all uh, here in this series by the uh, New Jersey Devils. Like I said, nine points in four games, and you can bet him at a plus 112 to get a point. That's a, that's phenomenal value, uh, definitely. So I'll be on that for sure uh, in this game. Marty Natchez is probably worth a look again because he's been uh, certainly lighting it up now offensively in this series. Three goals and three points in the last three games for Marty Natchez. Uh, like I say, if you're a president of the USA fan of that band from the 90s i always do the move into the country you're gonna meet me marty natchez yeah marty natchez and uh he's been great for the uh, carolina hurricanes in this uh, series uh for them uh brent burns i'm cooling off on the shots on goal props with burns burns have been going over two and a half over three and a half shots on goal repeatedly but you know the problem is the shot attempts are there for him still a high number of shot attempts per game but he's missing the net lately or getting the shot blocked and obviously, if that's going to happen, it's not going to count as a shot on goal. So I'm kind of pumping the brakes with that. But Ajo, Natchez, Martin Nuke are my favorite three player props tonight on Carolina uh, in this game. And as far as New Jersey goes, I like Jack Hughes over shots on goal for sure. It's a must win. It's the best forward on this team, obviously. And he has actually been trending over his shots on goal away from home more often than at home. So uh, Jack Hughes over three and a half shots on goal, minus 108. It's not a big price. You don't have to lay a big uh, price or big juice, big biggerish, if you will, uh, with that bet. So uh, Jack Hughes over three and a half shots on goal, I think, is a good look tonight uh, in this one as well. As far as the side goes, look, I know Carolina, they look like they're in control. They're the veteran team. This is a young, carefree Devils team that you wonder if this is now their time to bow out and go home here uh, in game five. But the pattern has been too strong where these teams that lose the previous game come out strong. So I'm going to go with New Jersey in the first period here tonight against Carolina. You get a nice price with it. Uh, Devils first period money line is plus 110 uh, in this game. I'm going to take a shot with that. I don't think I trust them for the full game to win, but I trust them to be, you know, give their best. And I think if New Jersey's going to have a chance to win this game, it's got to start with that first period, the first 20 minutes being ready to play, and much cleaning it up defensively, which they have to do after game four uh, and, you know, maybe getting that first goal. And they've been better on the road than at home, as someone in our chat saying right now. They've been the much better road team, New Jersey, all year. So I'm going to trust them in the first period. I don't know if I trust them for the full game, but I'll trust them in the first period here. Plus 110 first period uh, money line here on New Jersey. And I'm definitely going over the total. Uh, once again, we've seen four games in this series, four overs. Every game has gone over the total. There's been no adjustment. The total is still five and a half 
uh, in this game. So I like over five and a half minus 120 here with the uh, Devils and the uh, Hurricanes. And also because it's an elimination game, we've talked about the third period over. I'm going to jump in on that as well. Third period over because the team that's uh, facing elimination is trailing in the third period. They'll pull the goalie with five or six minutes to go, and then you have a chance for a goal explosion uh, in the third period. So as usual, riding that angle, looking at the third period over in an elimination game once again here with New Jersey and Carolina. Pat, what do you think here? Game five, Devils-Canes. Yeah, I think Devils get it done. Um, you know, it's I think they'll win this battle. They're going to lose the war, um, unfortunately. But I, th- I think, yeah, it's just based on what has been going on, it, it seems like it's gonna, it's going to swap again, and New Jersey's going to find a way to get it done, and it's probably going to be a big scoring game. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think especially early, uh, New Jersey's the way to go here in that first period. Look, um. And it's just based on the way this series has gone now, the last couple. New Jersey, you know, lost game two, came back home. They won the first period. Carolina lost badly in game three. They won the first. Uh, they actually tied the first period, but then they took over in the second period after that and, and won that game convincingly. So I like that first period look on uh, New Jersey. And like I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it as far as the total is concerned. Every game's gone over five and a half goals. Uh, in this, I think the first period over might be worth a look because if I'm not mistaken, both games in Carolina, the first period over actually also uh, cashed in. And again, when you're looking at the first period over in tonight's game, it's only minus 108 at FanDuel. So it's a very, very cheap price there with that. And I'm just looking back at uh, Carolina here in this series, the first two home games that they won 5 1 and 6 1. It was 2 0 Carolina uh, after uh, the 5 1 game. Uh, actually, the the 6-1 game, it was a scoreless first period, but the the 5-1 game, it did go over in the first. But I still like a little bit on the first period over, but certainly the full game over, 5.5, like I said, is a perfect 4-0 so far uh, in this series. All right, uh, second game tonight on the uh, slate. It's Seattle and Dallas. Uh, we've got the uh, Dallas Stars, minus 190 uh, here, home favorites, a big number here. Uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars, and this total, uh, five and a half still as well, although there's some books do have it at six. So uh, if you're betting the total, uh, and if you like what I do, and that's uh, another over here, it's you make sure you shop around and you find a sports book that has the five and a half still uh, out there right now. Um, we kind of both think, Alex and I, and Alex said this yesterday too on the show, that Dallas, we love them in game four. And obviously they got it done. We had a lot, we do a live bet cast, Pat, every Tuesday night where it's actually, we're watching the games. We just have our beers in hand, pint of beer. It's just like a bar atmosphere, pub atmosphere. We just watch the games. We place live bets every Tuesday night when the games are going on. We had Dallas in the second period, uh, over one and a half in the second period and both teams to score at plus 200 in the second period of game four between Seattle and Dallas. And we hit all three and we're all just, uh, we're a very happy bunch of betcast uh, people uh, that night watching that unfold. Uh, definitely a big boost to the bankroll, uh, that's for sure. But that game was great. Uh, Dallas in that game, the over five and a half in that one. They tied up the series 2-2. It was a much better effort from the uh, Stars uh, in that game. Uh, Miro Haskinen, there was a big fear that he would be uh, out after game three uh, of that uh, series. Uh, and he came back. He played in game four with the face shield. And he's just so important. Pat to the Dallas Stars because this guy is their number one defenseman. He's their best puck carrier, puck mover, uh, offensive-minded defenseman, good in all areas. They just, it's irreplaceable, and there's a pretty big drop-off the rest of the blue line after Miro. So the fact he was able to come back and play in game four was huge. Jared McCann came back from his obviously his injury uh, last, uh, or last game against uh, Dallas. And remember, that was the injury he suffered when Kale McCarr hit him into the boards in the Colorado series. But Jared McCann didn't look totally 100%. Like either that or they were, you know, easing him back in because he didn't play as many minutes, you know, as he normally does. It'll be interesting to see if he gets back to, you know, a higher level of uh, ice time uh, here tonight in this game. This is a tough one because, you know, this has been kind of a back and forth series so far. But this also could be Dallas, Minnesota, the sequel where Dallas was down two to one. And then they just took over the rest of the series. They tied the series. They won game five at home. And then they won the series and ended it in Minnesota in game six. I kind of think that's what's going to happen here. They're going to win tonight, and then they could wrap up the series in Seattle in game six. 
But I also admit that I think Seattle is going to be a tougher team to finish and put away than Minnesota. You know, this team just doesn't flinch. They've got incredible speed, line one through four. They're all interchangeable. You know, you might as well not even number, Pat, the lines for Seattle because first line can contribute, second line, third line, fourth line. Uh, they've all made an impact for this team. The blue line's been solid. Uh, Philip Grubauer has certainly played his best hockey of the season in between the pipes. So this team's not going away. What I am going to do here in this game is I'm going to take Dallas. It's kind of like a I can't see either one of these bets losing. I'm on the over, as you know, five and a half minus 120. Every game's gone over in this series, four straight. I'm back to the well with over five and a half minus 120 here with Seattle and Dallas. But I'm going to take Dallas minus one, minus 120. Uh, that's the minus one puck line option. But I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit here on the team total for Seattle over two and a half uh, in this game uh, because, you know, Seattle's a good response team. And uh, I think if they do win this game, there's no way they're not scoring at least three. I can't see them winning two to one or one to nothing. If Seattle's going to win this game. They're going to have to score at least three goals. So the Seattle team total for this game uh, is a very re reasonable price. They are off the loss, so you would expect them to have a sense of urgency tonight. Over two and a half for the Seattle Kraken team total is only minus 105. I think it's a pretty good bet here uh, in this one. So uh, what do you think here in this one, uh, Pat? Game five, Seattle-Dallas. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I do think Dallas is actually going to get it done. Um, just, you know, too many vets, too much uh, – too much, uh, you know, team environment where they're going to take over Seattle. Like you said, it's, you could take any number off. All lines kind of look the same to me. So they're going to have high octane, but um, I think it's going to be back and forth and, and the vets are going to get done on Dallas. Um, and you know what the thing too about Seattle, Pat, is that Seattle's the fourth line, you know, they've won them games this year, the fourth line, you know, <laughs> and that's been what's pretty uh, incredible about the Kraken. Uh, you know, and it's a great point by Neil. Neil's saying, why do you do this shit? So confusing. Whether I take the money line or the puck line on Dallas, but the team total over on Seattle. I don't like doing that very often, but there you go, Neil. 5-3 Dallas, I could see it. You know, and if that happens, everything wins. So I'm just looking at attacking it different ways. And I feel that, I feel Seattle can lose this game and still score three goals. That's why I'm approaching it this way from a betting perspective with Dallas minus one and the Seattle team total over two and a half here tonight, plus the full game over five and a half. And as far as props go uh, for this game, you mentioned uh, the veterans of Dallas, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben over shots on goal. Jamie Ben, I believe has gone over his shots on goal every home game here in the playoffs. So that's probably a good look here. Jamie Ben uh, over shots on goal. Uh, I would look at, you know, Ben Sagan and uh, hints are probably goal score prop candidates. I always say I'm always interested in Wyatt Johnston, this 19-year-old rookie, straight from the Windsor Spitfires of the Ontario Hockey League, Pat, right into the Dallas Stars lineup this year, and he's had such a great season uh, in his first year for them. And if you trust him to find the back of the net tonight, uh, you can get a very good price on it, uh, around plus uh, 320, uh, so a real good price. On the Seattle side, Eberle Schwartz had a really good game uh, last time out. Uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. The, the thing with Seattle is you, it's hard to pinpoint one or two goal props because, you know, certain nights, Eberle and Beneers and Schwartz could lead the ways. Other nights, Morgan Geeky and Yanni Gord and uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand could lead the way. I mean, they've just got different players that can contribute to the Seattle Kraken success uh, every single night because of that four-line depth they have. So uh, that's why if you're going to be looking at betting player props on the Seattle side, you'd probably want to keep the amount on each bet smaller and maybe go with seven or eight different players as opposed to bigger bets on just two or three players. You know what I mean? You just, you, you want to sprinkle things around a little bit because it's always someone different that could step up and get the uh, job done uh, for the uh, Seattle crack. And uh, it's pretty amazing that we just see these expansion teams, you know, here's Seattle second year in the league. They're in the second round of the playoffs. We saw what happened with Vegas. Their very first year, they get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, it's just amazing, Pat, that these expansion teams now, they're not horseshit for five, ten years straight at the beginning of their existence. No, they can be good, and in a lot of cases, right away. Well, it seems like just like the Florida team, too, you get those guys maybe not 
top tier guys that are, you know, get another chance or want to prove themselves and they fight like dogs. It's, it's the same mentality that it, it seems to work in the playoffs. Like I said, it's the, I think it's the biggest difference between regular season and playoffs, right? Absolutely. And uh, like I said, you just need players to be able to elevate their game every year. And the, the team that wins the Stanley cup, they've got players that you just don't see much from them in the regular season, but all of a sudden in the playoffs, there they are big overtime goal or big tying goal in a third period or two point night or something. And maybe they had a mundane, you know, run of the mill regular season, but they are able to step things up at playoff time. And those are the teams that have the success. Uh, all right. Before we uh, wrap up the show and get into best bets to uh, wrap up the, this edition of the ice guys, we do want, since, uh, you know, it's early enough. There's still a lot of possibilities. Well, we can put you on the spot here a little bit, Pat, and say, as of right now, who's winning the West? Who's winning the East? Who's in the Stanley Cup final? And who's winning it? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Carolina, and I think it's going to be, I mean, I'm going to go out and say, I'm going to say Edmonton. And I think, uh, I think Edmonton's going to get it done. Let's bring bring it back to Canadian uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, first since 1993. It was the Montreal Canadiens in 1993. That's the last time a Canadian team has hoisted the uh, Stanley Cup. It's been to it'll be 30 years actually. It's perfect timing, right? 30 years ago, uh, this would be a great year to end the drought. Edmonton still got a lot of work to do because this Vegas team is a good team. They're not going to go away, but. I've got Edmonton and Dallas in the next round in my bracket. That's the one thing that's still intact with my Stanley Cup playoff bracket that I filled out uh, before the uh, season is that I got Edmonton-Dallas in the West. I had the uh, Rangers and the Bruins in the East final, so that's definitely out the window uh, right now. I'm sure a lot of people did uh, as well. But um, I do have Carolina-Stanley Cup futures from before the season to win. Same with Edmonton. So I would totally sign off on your Stanley cup final that you just called right there. Uh, it would certainly make me a richer man. <laughs> well, good. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah, we will. Uh, Carolina. Look, I had doubts about Carolina pack coming into the playoffs. Injuries. I thought for yeah. sure injuries. And all of a sudden they didn't add anybody at the trade deadline as well. They didn't, they stood pat, you know, I, I don't care. Someone said, well, yeah, they did. They added. Yes. A get, get the fuck out of here. Yes. A Come on. He played with Connor McDavid. Uh, for right. several years in Edmonton, and he couldn't get anything done with McDavid playing with him on his line, and he still couldn't put the puck in the net. You know, Connor McDavid makes a broomstick look good yeah. and play right. well on the ice with him, Plus. and he couldn't even get something out of Pooley Arvey. So there were people that saying, "Yeah, but they got yes up." Ah, no, and he's not even playing now. He was a healthy scratch the other night uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So they basically stood pat. You know, at the uh, trade deadline, Carolina. So that concerned me. It's like you're seeing Boston load up and the Rangers load up and Toronto load up and all yeah. these East teams. And yet they're all out. Well, Toronto might be out. They're still alive, but Boston's out. Rangers are out. And here's Carolina. They didn't add anybody, but all of a sudden you got Martin Nuke in particular and Faust and all these depth forwards stepping up in the absences of uh, pa uh, Pacioretty, Svechnikov, and Teravine. And, and meanwhile, Aho and Nason and Natchez have been phenomenal and now they don't you know they've got enough offense and they've shown it now they just look as an overall team they look confident they look like they they're they got the swagger and they look like they're getting it done so and and I feel like if they can wrap this up sooner than later they're gonna get a little more rest too and and maybe they'll run into a hot team but that rest does pay off in the longevity of these long series so yeah, exactly. And that's always that's, that's another thing to factor in second round and even in the conference finals coming up as well. If you can get these series over with quickly, you know, this is when rest really kind of matters now is the playoff air miles, if you will. And and, and the tax on the body, uh, someone that's now in fitness, uh, Pat, you know that. Uh, yeah, the tax on the body and the physical punishment. You got to have some rest and some downtime, certainly in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs at some point. So finishing off the series a little quicker. Uh, is sometimes definitely a, a thing that's going to help you out in the meantime. Are you sold on Freddie Anderson, though, their goalie? I want to say one thing about Freddie, okay? Freddie has not always been a great playoff goalie. Freddie Anderson in Anaheim, Toronto, and now here yeah. in Carolina. He's had a lot of injuries. He's older. I find Carolina is one of the best teams in the NHL protecting their goalies. They yeah. don't fate, they, they limit shots on goal. They're always up there, one of the fewest shots on goal allowed per game uh, teams in the NHL. They don't give up as many high-danger scoring chances 
as a lot of the other teams in the league. They do a really good job in front of their goaltending. I still think that you put Freddie Anderson on another team where they're a little bit more loose in the defensive zone. He's not nearly as good, um, but he's on the right team right now. Carolina defends quite well, one of the best. Yeah, I don't think he's going to steal a game for you, but I don't think he's going to make huge mistakes either. And then that's where you nailed it. Carolina's D is just so good. So if, if they do, that's why I'd give the edge to Edmonton if they make it to the finals against uh, Carolina, just because I feel like Edmonton will find a way to get a little more shots, high percentage shots on, and find a way to expose him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I want to point out, too, the Dallas game. Uh, Mason Marchment, uh, upper body game time decision for Dallas tonight, and Yoni Hockenpah, uh, lower body. Uh, injury game time decision as well so there are a couple questionables here for the uh, Dallas Stars uh Hawk and Paw on the blue line and uh Mason Marchment uh, up front for the uh, Dallas Stars but again game time decisions they haven't been ruled out uh, here tonight as of yet and then for Seattle it's uh, Daniel Sprong uh the main question mark uh here for this game he was uh out for Tuesday against uh, Dallas or against yeah against uh, Dallas we'll see if he returns tonight for the uh, Kraken uh, here in game uh, five. All right, that was awesome stuff. Uh, we will be right back to wrap this up and give our best bets. 161 live viewers, hit the like button. Make sure you check out patreon.com slash ice guys. Uh, it's just $10 a month for that, for the bonus content, our daily ice guys show betting card, uh, goalie charts, totals charts, you name it, posted there daily. I just uploaded two interviews, uh, Colton Tubert and Brandon DeFazio uh, on the uh, ice guys Patreon page. Uh, just the last few days. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. And remember our next ice guys live betcast is next Tuesday. So make sure you uh, join us for that. Uh, May the 16th, uh, 7 PM Eastern time uh, to be determined, which games will be Tuesday night, depending on how the series are going, but we plan to have a betcast that night as of right now, next Tuesday. So looking forward uh, to that for sure. And again, if you didn't watch the Jason Williams episode that we did two days ago on Tuesday, it was great stuff getting into the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks teams he played on. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you haven't uh, seen it uh, already. All right, we will wrap it up in a moment with best bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back, and it is time for uh, Best Bets here to wrap it up for this Thursday edition. Pat, what are you most confident in tonight here, these two games? What do you like most? Uh, I mean, I do think uh, high, take the over on the Dallas game. That's going to be a high-scoring game for sure. Um, I, I think that's going to happen, and I think New Jersey is going to bounce back. Both of those, based on what we saw statistic-wise, going game to game, I think those are pretty, pretty good bets. There you go. Two best bets. There you go, New Jersey. And he's going full game with that. I'm going first period. Pat's going full game. Let's hope both of them cash uh, there. New Jersey plus uh, 110 
uh, for the uh, full game against Carolina. And Pat likes the over five and a half minus 120 Dallas and Seattle. Uh, best bets for this Thursday. Uh, my best bet, I'm going to go right back to uh, Dallas-Seattle, over five and a half here, uh, minus 120. Uh, there's been uh, Finally, we see some sixes with the total at some sports books here, but uh, five and a half, make sure you shop around. Hopefully, you can find the five and a half. But again, every game has gone over, and the regular season as well. If you combine regular season and playoff games, Dallas and Seattle head-to-head, all seven games have gone over the total. The three in the regular season, and all four games here in this playoff series so far. So back to the well, we go with it. Uh, Seattle, Dallas, over five and a half, minus 120 uh, for my best bet. Uh, Pat, this was awesome. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show, uh, and thanks for joining us. You bet, Ian. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the podcast when you can't watch the show live. For our special guest, Pat Gillis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. (laughs) 